Our scripture reading, this prayer service, is from chapter 25 of Isaiah. We'll be reading portions from 25 um, all the way into chapter 27. We, we have begun looking at this portion and saw that it was, in a sense, a conclusion of all the 12 prior chapters that have to do with judgment. And it ends with these three chapters, which in summary have all to do with praise. And we'll be reading um, all of 25 into 26, a few verses, and then in 27, a few verses. Chapter 25 of Isaiah, beginning in verse 1. O Lord, Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee, I will praise Thy name For thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. For thou hast made of a city a heap, of a defensed city a ruin, a palace of strangers, to be no city. It shall never be built. Therefore shall the strong people glorify thee. The city of the terrible nations shall fear thee. For thou hast been a strength to the poor a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. Thou shalt bring down the noise of strangers as the heat in a dry place, even the heat with the shadow of a cloud. The branch of the terrible ones shall be brought low. And in the mountains shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on the lees well refined. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people, and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of His people shall He take away from off all the earth. For the Lord hath spoken it. And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for Him, and He will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. He will be glad. We will be glad and rejoice in His salvation. For in this mountain shall the hand of the Lord rest, and Moab shall be trodden down under him, even as straw is trodden down for the dunghill. And he shall spread forth his hands in the midst of them, as he that swimmeth spreadeth forth his hands to swim. And he shall bring down their pride together with the spoils of their hands. And the fortress of the high fort of thy walls shall he bring down, lay low, And bring to the ground, even to the dust. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and for bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high. The lofty city he layeth it. 
low. He layeth it low even to the ground. He bringeth it even to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, even the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness. Thou most, thou most upright dost weigh the path of the just. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will not he learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at the people. Yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. And then we go on to verse 20 of chapter 26, just to read that verse. Come, my people, enter into thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. And now, chapter 27, verse 1. In that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. In that day sing ye unto her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt, any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. Fury is not in me. Who would set the briars and thorns against me in battle? I would go through them. I would burn them together. Or let him take hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me. And he shall make peace with me. In verse 6, He shall cause them that come of Jacob to take root. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. And then we go to verse 12. We'll just read 12 and 13, the end of this chapter. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river unto the stream of Egypt, and ye shall, and ye shall be gathered one by one. O ye children of Israel, and it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and shall and they shall come with which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria, and the outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount of Jerusalem. Thus far in the reading of God's holy Word and let us we we have looked at this portion, focusing first of all in those twelve chapters that dealt with judgment, and we have also seen that these last three chapters, portions of which we read today, are are like a concluding to all of those twelve chapters of judgment. In those twelve chapters, God declares 
a judgment that goes from, from several nations and peoples and culminates in chapter 24 um, upon judgment that will come to the whole earth so that not a single geographic region is really left out. And it is 12 nations that are, that are named throughout these chapters. 12 nations and peoples and cities. And like I mentioned, it culminates in praise. So the great question before us is, why praise and why not mourning? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be more fitting in regards to all of what's being declared? If I, if I were to read those 12 chapters, if you sit down and read, you will see what I mean. It is, it is a call for mourning. It is a call for, for sorrowing. It is a, cor, a, a call for, for f- fasting and praying and humiliation. But instead, there is praise, there is celebration, there is merriment. There is, as we, as we read again, 25 verse 6, that there will be a feast of fat things, a feast of fine wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow. Why all this celebration? It, it is not just a little joy, it is a great joy. So this will be the first thing we will look at, the praise because of judgment. And then we will see that in chapter 27, the very first verse, as it ends this whole conclusion in response to all of God's revelation of judgment, there is one verse that brings a picture of judgment. We'll look at that picture. And then thirdly, we'll look at the end of judgment, the great uh, reality that there will not be judgment eternally. There, there will be an end of judgment upon this earth as it is being revealed in God's word. But first of all, then, the praise because of judgment. We, we notice that there is this praise. We, we, we have looked to some degree at this praise. Today we're, we're going to wrap it all together as we look at all of these chapters, seeing the reasons but before we see four specific reasons, there are two general reasons. All of these four specific ones fall under the umbrella of these two. As we read these chapters, um, parts of which we read just now, there are these two concluding reasons, two truths about God, why God's people respond in praise when we see the judgment that comes upon this earth. First is because God is sovereign. This, this is a theme all through the 12 chapters of judgment and also the three chapters of response to the judgment. God in His sovereignty has the right to bring judgment where and when and how He wills. And especially because when He does... It does reveal His righteousness. And it protects this world from all the wickedness that keeps growing and growing. Remember, this is one of the first things we saw. God's judgment is good because it stops the evil from growing. If God would not bring judgment, this world would be unbearable to live in. 
There would be no place to hide. The wicked people would find those who are not as wicked and they would die. They would subdue the poor. We, we, we see the plight of God's people and the plight of the poor. You saw me reading how the poor are protected by God. See, God is sovereign and in His sovereignty, He is causing the evil from growing and multiplying. And that, that is a good thing. And God is sovereign over this evil. And that picture that we will see in our second point, we will see um, how this sovereignty of God transcends this earth. And it goes to the spiritual realm that also is being judged. So God's sovereignty. But then secondly, it is God's love. It is God's sovereignty and it is God's love that renders God's people a reason to praise God because of His judgment. Um, why His love? The culmination, I believe, that helps us see His love in the midst of all the sadness and the sorrow of the judgment is in that verse 8. We've, we've had a couple sermons and, and, and one on the Lord's Day that I brought because verse 8 of chapter 25 is a majestic passage Um, He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of His people shall He take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. See, with judgment, God is bringing about this very thing. We are here in this world and we see this judgment. And sometimes some of us are the ones who are even feeling it upon our very hearts and our very persons. Sometimes God has brought judgment to this world where he has made a very definite distinction. Like with Noah. Not a single other family entered that ark because every single other soul was ripe for judgment. But God said, not you, Noah. I have, you have found f- grace with me. You and your family will be protected in that ark. They, they suffered elements of that judgment because, of course, it was grievous for them to be in that ark knowing that the entire humanity was dying and then to live in that ark for basically a year. But there was a clear distinction. And then when Lot is taken away from Sodom and Gomorrah, there was a clear distinction. Lot suffered elements of that judgment, but not the the fire and brimstone of it. So here we are, we, we see a lot of... A lot of believers were, were part of the judgment. Remember, this is all in light with Isaiah is talking about how all of Judah will go into Babylon and that will be part of God's judgment. So a lot of believers would be suffering very, very intensely regarding the judgment of God. But God is saying it will not last forever. The Babylonians caused there to be tears in your eyes, but there will be a wiping away of those tears because I will bring judgment upon the Babylonians and you will be able to go back. So you see this when it says that God will, um, that the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth. God is saying wherever people will be being rebuked, God's people being rebuked in this earth, one day it will end. See, this is a declaration of God's love. And because the very people of God are the ones who receive, they're the recipients of this love. Well, this is why they praise God in response to all this judgment, as harsh as it is. 
There are lands today where believers are being reproached. North Korea, Iraq, Iran, um, Afghanistan, in China, in Libya, in Syria. One day that will end. The rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth. And so this is God's love. So these are the two major reasons, sovereignty and love. God's sovereignty, God's love. But let me point the four particular reasons. And we'll, we'll pick them from different places as they appear. And there are several supporting verses throughout these chapters. But I'll put them with one word to help us remember them. The first is because of God's subduing. Um, his subduing these terrible nations that have brought the reproach upon God's people. Um, in, in verses 1 through 3 of chapter 25, this, this is what's being declared. Um, o Lord, Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee, I will praise Thy name, for Thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth, for Thou hast made of a city a heap, of a defense city a ruin, a palace of strangers. To be no city, it shall never be built." See, those who had been subduing God's people will now be subdued. And that's a particular way of how God shows His love. And then, um, I, I could choose other verses throughout this passage where, where this is what's being told. Um, but that's one reason. A second reason is because of providing. Subduing and then providing. Because God provides for His People. Look at verse 4 of chapter 25. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. God's people is here portrayed as the poor, as the needy. They're the ones being subdued. And God is saying, do not worry. I will protect you. There will be an end of all this oppression from the enemy. I will subdue them and I will protect you. Look at verse 20 of chapter 26. These, these are recurring themes. This is why we read that verse 20. God says, come my people. 26 verse 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. See, there's judgment, and it's going to be ugly. There has been judgment, but this, of course, points to judgment even throughout our days and the great judgment that still will come in the coming of Christ. And God is taking care of His people and saying here, just shut the door, stay there. There's great indignation. I will protect you. I will suppress them. That's what verse 20 is pointing to. And then verse 21 continues that thought. For behold, the Lord cometh out of His place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. So you see, that's the great indignation God is pouring upon the wicked and the, His people. He has opened the door and put them into a place of shelter for a time. That's God's particular love for His people, providing, subduing. But then there's also converting. 
That's the third very specific reason. And notice, these are all under the sovereignty of God and the love of God. In His sovereignty and in His love, He cares for His people. And in His sovereignty and in His love, He converts those who aren't His people. And they become. This is primarily seen um, in verse, um, verse 7 of chapter 25. When it's speaking of that feast... Um, that, that there will be such great joy. Look at verse 7. We, we have been kind of going over that verse, but I want to focus on it for a moment. It says, so this is 25, verse 7. And he will destroy in this mountain, look what will be destroyed, the face of the covering cast over all people. It's not a destroying of people. It's a destroying of what was covering the people. And then he says, and the veil that is spread over all nations. This is a reference to the reality that the Gentiles will start being invited in. And in the context of this passage, those are the people who are receiving the brunt of the judgment. Those were the nations that were named from Babylon and Phoenicia and Syria and Moab and Edom. But it's, it's their faces that will have this veil that will be destroyed. And this is really speaking of conversion. And, and we've been seeing this in our study of Acts, where as the church is scattered in Acts 8, and they arrive in, in Samaria where people had been with a covering, they were waiting for the Messiah, they didn't know who he was, and when Philip preaches, there is great joy in that city because they repent and believe. And the very next passage we're going, Philip goes to the eunuch who was from Ethiopia. And he believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, that's a precursor of the great glorious day that Peter goes to Cornelius and his household. And they receive the Holy Spirit. And right here we have a little glimpse. He will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering. Cast over all people. There will be a veil unveiling that was Spread over all nations. So converting, providing, subduing. And then fourthly and lastly in this first point is the revealing. Revealing. What, what do I mean by revealing? I'm meaning that God in His judgment will be revealing something very important about Himself. Look at 26 verse 9. This is, this is an amazing dynamic about judgment. And it's very connected with the conversion that we just say. You can even ask, how will they be converted? This revealing is part of it. Look at verse 9 of chapter 26. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, look what will happen. The inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Not, not just God's people. The inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. Isn't this a sad thing of the condition of our hearts, beloved? If God shows his favor, we don't learn righteousness. We, we, we use his favor. We take it for granted. In the land of the uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when thy hand, verse 11, is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see. 
the idea here is God will raise his hand in judgment. There will be some who will not see. But then he says, but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at the people. Yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. The whole context here is that when God does show his judgment, it gets to a point where even those fighting against God in judgment end up having to acknowledge God is righteousness. Righteous. God is righteous. This may be individually in the hearts of people, and that's when a Gentile even is converted and becomes a Christian. That is what would happen to your life if you're a believer. God placed in your heart to acknowledge He is righteous, and you aren't, and you need Him. You need His mercy in Christ. And this, of course, ultimately will will end in the great judgment when Christ comes back where every knee shall bow, and it will be to the shame of many. But before that day, every soul that acknowledges God is bringing judgment, I will not complain against it. I will just see that God is righteous. He is good and He is right. Remember, we saw this reality. Imagine if we live as we want, we live as we want. We have laws where little babies can be killed at any age, even if they're not even born. And we have laws that says that you can go out and and do whatever kind of evil you want and, and, and it and don't worry, you can live the life whichever way you want. Imagine if the world keeps getting worse and worse and that God never brings any judgment. You see, it would, be, it would just become unbearable. And the weak and the poor would die. But it gets to a day where even the rebellious look and say, God is good in doing that because even I need it. And if it's before Jesus comes and if they look to Christ then it's a conversion. So those are the reasons why we praise God. And I see that our time has has run. So we will look at this picture next time and the end of judgment and hopefully maybe even some some passages um, ahead. But we do need to have our time for, for prayer. It's main reason we are here. So let me close now in prayer. Our gracious and glorious God, we thank Thee for Thy hand of mercy and Thy hand of justice. Lord, we pray that we would be as those who acknowledge Thy righteousness when Thy hand is high and when judgment is upon this earth. Lord, we thank Thee that in Thy judgment Thou art protecting Thy people and revealing Thy righteousness. We thank Thee, Lord, that in Christ the greatest hand of of judgment was shown and righteousness. For in Him all Thy justice was poured because of our sins. We thank Thee, Lord, for such great love as that. In thy Son. Forgive us, Lord, for our sins. Cleanse us and pardon us. And we pray, Lord, that thou would open hearts to see that there is reason to praise thee because of thy justice. And help us now in our time of prayer. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.